the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What can we learn from God the Father about being a father? We'll go to Luke chapter 15 for the answer as you join us today for Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. One of the biggest holidays of the year for card giving is Mother's Day. But in fact, as we go to God's Word, there's much to be said about Father's Day as well. And that's what we're looking at today. Welcome. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. We're in Luke chapter 15 with a message called, What We Can Learn From God the Father About Being a Father. And while many would take a look at this as the parable of the prodigal son, we're taking a look at it as the parable of the loving, forgiving father. With more, here's Pastor Phil Howard. Let me read you a, uh, a, one of the most marvelous stories in all of literature. It will never get better or more moving than Luke 15. Jesus tells the story of the prodigal son, which is really mislabeled. It's the parable of the father's heart. The story is about the father. And he just happens to raise two rebellious sons. But it tells you how this father breaks all custom, all propriety in that culture. He seems to break every rule in being a loving father. It, it, uh, in the original audience was shocked to hear this. And the reason the stories are told... I must be true to interpretation, was not to tell us how to raise families. That was not its intent. Its intent is he's addressing the religionists of the day, the very conservative fundamentalists called Pharisees, and he's addressing them and giving a defense why God the Son could hang out with sinners and feel comfortable. They are judging him. How is it if you're God's Son, Messiah, and you're holy, how is it that you could be and feel at ease with sinners? And this term sinners here is not your garden variety. We're talking about thieves. We're talking about crooks. We're talking about prostitutes. We're talking about bad, bad people. How can it be that the Son of God could hang out with them? It's like a hell's angel guy I grew up with wanted to meet me at a bar in Point Richmond. Would I be biblical to meet him? Several hoods just said yes. <laughs> I think it would have been totally legitimate. What would it have done to you? No, no, you don't have to fake it. I already know what you do as a whole. You have no business there. Well, that's I've been trying to win this guy to Christ since the ninth grade. And he calls and 
meet me at this bar. Yes, sir. It's not the best place to do evangelism, but it's better than nothing. Amen. Okay? So, we're going to come to this narrative, but I think there's four things we can learn from this narrative about being a father that I hope can be practical and applicable in your own life. Verse 11, Jesus continued. He's told about a sheep being found, and they threw a party. A woman found her engagement ring, a coin. There's a party. Now, Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything there, was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. So he he must have landed among the Gentiles or some very rebellious Jews. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, notice what he didn't say. Father, I love you. He didn't say that. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and have never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. You sometimes wish that's all you had to do to make them happy. Give them a goat. (laughs) 
But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead. And he's alive again. He was lost and is found. The Bible said in Ephesians 5 1, we should imitate God the Father in love. Imitate God, it says. And as you read the Old Testament, you have these different analogies of God. God is as compassionate towards us, Psalms 103 says, as a father is toward his children. What, what's this analogy? What are you comparing man with God? God gave it to us. According to Ephesians 3, every family in heaven and earth is named after God's family. And that word name there means takes its nature and character from the family in the heavens. That's a profound verse. Every family in heaven. So what family's in heaven? As far as I understand, the Trinitarian family. The Father, the Son, the Spirit. And on the earth, they all derive the template, the parable, the outline of what family is to be like is modeled after the family of the Trinity. So family life is meant to reflect God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. An amazing statement in Ephesians 3. All family life is to be modeled on husband-wife relationship. Hey, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Wives, submit to them as the church submits to What This is a great mystery. But I'm talking about Christ and his church. And I want to emulate it between family life. It's right there. The model. The mystery is nobody ever knew that marriage was patterned off, off the Trinitarian family relationship. Or that Christ and his church they had no clue of such a thing. But you've got Hebrews 12. He disciplines as a father. So now we come to this story. And uh, there's four things I see in it that I think will be applicable to us who are fathers and raising children. The first thing is unconditional love. Unquestioned. Uh, I wish you realized the shock the story had on the Pharisees. It is an outrageous, insulting story to their ears. They're not used to this. This is patriarchal home. Uh, Under the law of Moses, they were said to stone a rebellious son. Did you ever read that? It's in the Bible. Now, because they were living under Rome... You could, they were not allowed to do capital punishment. That's why even killing Christ, they had to go through the Romans to get to do capital punishment. But if you were back with Moses under a theocracy, you could stone your child with the village elder's help and there would be no question. The big issue we have even as we raise families, what did God hand you from the womb? A wonderful, saved, godly child 
Do they begin? We, I grew up with a proverb that goes this way. Train up a child in the way they should go. And when they get old, they won't depart from it. And we took that as a promise of salvation. And the issue was, if you raise them right, they will turn out right. Anybody grow up on that? Some of you are ashamed to raise your hand. But yeah, we grew up on that. That's not true. Proverbs 17, 21 says, The mother of a fool has great sorrow. When do they start being a fool? From the womb. What corrupted Cain to kill his brother? Nature, not nurture. But we had a whole generation of us that said, If I do everything right, my kids have to turn out right. And guess what? They turned out the way they chose to be. And you've lived with a ton of guilt ever since. I must not have done things right. No, you should have never had them. <laughs> because you gave birth to sinners that are strong-willed as you. And they picked their way. It's not nurture. It's nature. Nurture has. But have you ever seen a good child come from a bad home? Okay, and I've seen good, uh, bad children come from good homes. So there's a lot out there on this matter of how should our home go. We start with this dad. The boy comes one day and he said, Dad, if I gave a vernacular, a vernacular of what he said, it'd be like this. He comes, Dad, I wish you dropped dead so I can get my inheritance. That's literally what he was doing culturally. When he said, give me my inheritance, nobody asked for an inheritance while the parent was alive. It seems in the story there's no mention of the mother, but the very request was a death wish. Dad, I don't love you, but I'd sure like to have your property. That's what he's saying. And the shocker is instead of forming a stoning committee and voting him out of the will, the dad complies. That is an amazing. I'm sure the Pharisees were scratching their heads and said, you idiot. The boy deserves to be killed. But he says to his dad, no love loss. Uh, you know what? I'm tired of being your son. I don't like you that much anyway, but you can at least give me my share of the inheritance. Younger son, the oldest son got two-fifths. Younger son would get three-fifths. And and the dad, he he does nothing but comply. He gives it to him. And so he goes, goes out, spends everything. With prostitutes, winds up with Gentiles, I think, with running around with the hogs, uh, brings family shame, family dishonor. Uh, there's everything about this boy that deserves to call him a jerk. And his older brother is in the same category, and we'll see why. What does God want from you when he gave you sinners to raise? If you don't have unconditional love to offer, I don't think, I think child rearing is going to ruin you. 
you can't hold up because they're going to disappoint. Especially if you get one like this that just goes all out against all propriety. But the dad in the story never stops loving this boy. He never has a cutoff day. You do that one more time, I won't stop loving you. Now, you may not let him drive the car, but can you stop loving them? You do that one more time. One more time. A lot of children have been raised with nothing but ultimatums. If you've been raised, I'll always love you. And especially the men are the worst about it. That's why the boys always love their mother more than the dad. Because the dad is the disciplinarian supposed to be. Today he's the dad. Today the dads are the prodigal. We can't find any dads. There's a big difference between having sex and being a dad. Thank you dads for being here. I hope you're being a dad. Sex is biological. Fatherhood is love. Fatherhood is love. And so... He shows him that. Second thing that I think he brings to it is shameless, shameless love. That in a culture of shame and of status, uh, this dad just is a contrast. His reputation has been soiled. He probably was a city elder. Uh, He's now known with being the sap who gave his boy wealth instead of discipline. Uh, You'd say he spoiled the boy. Uh, We would twist all kinds of interpretations here. Jesus told the story. But he's now in the town. Are you the one that had a rebellious son? Are you the one that gave away a stupid request? Are you the the father of the stupid rebellious boy? Yeah, I am. Are, are you the father of the C-minus student? Yes, I am. I had a pastor friend of mine. He adopted two children, a girl and a boy. The girl was a whiz, out of the park academic, became a lawyer. The boy struggled academically. Both children adopted, I believe, from different homes. Raised the boy, struggled academically, struggled with grades. And he told me, I had to say twice as much to my boy as my girl. Dad loves you no matter what grade you make. The A student was easy. You're bringing me honor. You're bringing me uh, status. You're bringing, I am the proud father of a 4.0 student. My girl's off the chart. Over here, my boy's struggling to pass. Who do I love the most? Well, here this dad seems to be shameless. And he became known, I think, for this one thing. Watch what it says in verse 20. After the boy has gone broke, he sinned. Hunger is, is what makes him think of home, not his love for his dad. It never does say he loved his dad. I'm hungry. Dad, could you make me alone? I'm thought of you and mom. What do you want? How much you need this time? You don't love your daddy. You already proved that. You wish me dead. But this 
old dad was known in the village of standing at the entrance of the roadway. This wasn't city, this was a village, one road. He was known for the daily watch because when the boy finally comes, soiled by the hog pen, soiled by the prostitutes, soiled by the reputation, soiled by being a jerk and a rebel, it says the dad saw him a long ways off. So the dad wasn't casually look. No, 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 no. Dad had a daily ritual. Will he ever come home? I'm looking. You only know that when you let your kids take the car at 16 and you're watching at the door. When are they coming home? Did they wreck the car? Are they all right? What have they done? You got to be a parent to know that watch. Especially if your girl goes with a guy that you think looks like a thug. Oh boy, I want to go on the date. Kept watching. Finally, he sees the figure of the boy. He's coming. He stinks. He looks uh, tattered. Probably has the uh, manure and the slop. If you've been around pigs, it's messy. And he watches him. And of all things, when he saw him, his heart was filled with compassion. Instead of hate, I'm going to tell him off. I'm going to let him know the family rules. And what are you coming back for? None of that. That's you and I. We want to, our pride, we're going to set him straight. None of this is on this father's heart. I'm going to show him compassion. And when he comes, he, threw, he, he's, he ran to his son threw his arms around him and smothered him in kisses. It's a present tense. He kissed and kissed and kissed and kissed. Kenneth Weiss said he, he kissed him gently. Some translations, he smothered him with kisses. Now, he hadn't taken a shower. He hadn't got clean enough to be kissed. But love knows how to kiss even when they're sloppy. Even when they're soiled. And he did something. I've said it before. In, in the Orient, you don't owe men, men in positions, kings, priests, rulers, and senior citizens don't run to youth. They don't run to youth. They're wearing long robes. They could trip. It's just a matter of age and honor. You don't run to youth. By the way, youth, I don't have to get up for you, but you ought to get up for me. If you were taught anything. That's right. My kids were never allowed to stay seated when adults came in the room. That's called respect. That our culture knows nothing about. Everything's cool. No, it's disastrous. It is still nice to open a door for a woman. Carolyn makes me eat those words. Because <laughs> Dr. Walvert said, you could always tell a Dallas man. And we're listening. He always gets the door for his wife. And one day, we're going to the car. And she's going ahead. She said, where's my Dallas man? I said, I'm a Bay Area man. 
Dr. Walver, don't ruin it for us. <laughs> he ran. He broke all protocol. Yes. He kisses. Ceremonially dirty. Because what is it? I'm not ashamed that I love the boy. He ashamed me. He shamed the family name. He squandered our wealth. Ruined our family name. But I still love him. And with that, we come to the end of our time together here on Truth For Today, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. As we close out our program today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the broadcast has encouraged you, has ministered to your walk and relationship with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can contact us. By phone, obviously the easiest, 855-833-9864. Again, simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available, again, there at truthfortodayradio.org. You'll also be able to find out more about Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, who we are, what we believe, worship times, directions, and the like. Again, truthfortodayradio.org, or again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support. As you link arms with us financially, we are able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. So please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.